Welcome to the Stronger Business Podcast, where we discover how to get stronger together. What's up, business owners, entrepreneurs, all of you out there wanting to get stronger in business? We are back with another episode in the studio with the Stronger Business Podcast. Today is going to be absolutely epic. I don't even know. I feel like in this room between the three of us, there's like a combined like 20 businesses like ran and owned right now. Like I don't, there's going to be so many things we forget because we have so much going on. We're juggling so many different things, learning so much, trying to grow, trying to get stronger in our own business. We're going to share so much experience today. Um, Two of my favorite people in the world helped me in business, um, have known for a long time, and we've been able to grow things and help and partner and do things together. Liz and Patrick McShane, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having us. Today is going to be fun. Y'all are like the epic power business couple. We got Patrick. He's principal at McShane Capital. He's a consultant for Scout Business, handling a lot of business sales and M&A work. Liz, I don't even know what all you have going on right now. You're CEO and founder of On Trend Creative Studio. Um, it's you have photography, you have social media, you have courses, you have all sorts of different things you're always doing. You you continually and what we all seem to struggle with, you seem to thrive at, which is social media marketing and hiring. You have like the coolest, most awesome people on your staff, and the rest of us are like. I, can't find anybody to hire. So it's super cool to see. I'm excited to really dive into a lot of cool stuff today. But tell me what's up. What's going on with business stuff right now? How are y'all feeling? Is things awesome? Are they hard? Are they challenging? Fill me in on just a little bit about what y'all are doing and a little bit about each, share a little bit about each business with the audience. Yeah, I mean, I think anytime you're doing anything in business, it's always challenging, right? Absolutely. Um, People who tell you it's not challenging are either lying to you or they're not doing anything. So, I mean, true story for anybody thinking about getting in business. Exactly. So, you know, I think if you're not being challenged or you're not having challenges in your business, you're really not growing or doing anything. So, um, got a lot of projects that just kicked off this year um, from a development standpoint. My primary business is a is a whole lot different than Liz's, um, which from a business perspective, it's great. You know, what she's great at, I'm not great at. Um, the things that I'm doing in my business is, you know, she could do it, but it's, it's not her specialty. So I'm a developer, real estate developer, develop properties, lease them back to the federal government, which is about as glamorous as it sounds dealing with a federal <laughs> tenant. But um got six projects that are under construction in various steps right now. Um, also, in working with Brendan McGoldrick, who was on the podcast, yeah, um, helping broker, yeah, yeah, brokering deals. Um, that's been really exciting. Getting to meet with business owners, talk about their business, talk about ways to improve their business, bring in capital. We're doing a capital raise for a business right now. It's really exciting. Um, kind of helps uh, development's a long process, and so that gives me something to do in the interim while uh, I'm waiting on deals to get done. I love it. Yeah, it's. Uh, for those of you out there that don't know, whenever you're dealing, well, construction in general is a long process, but when you're whenever you're dealing with the federal government and projects in construction, long process is an understatement. Yeah. And so I can't imagine all the 
delays and just obstacles you have to deal with on that side. And then, man, I when I saw you partnering up on, on the scout business side and, and consulting and working there with with him, I'm like, this is the perfect fit. It, you and I have known each other for right. a long time. We go way back, and yeah. your experience with growing businesses and selling pieces of businesses and being a part of investments and all, it seems like everything came together to like it the did. perfect role there for you, which is super cool. It is. It's, it's something I enjoy doing. Yeah. Um, and it's fun. It's exciting. And you get to help people, which I think is important. So um, I was actually thinking about this before I came on today and, I think we met in 2012, 20, 2012 right. because yeah. you did my taxes yeah. in 2012, first year yep. um, with my LLC. So yep. that was back at the tax shelter a long time ago. So we've been knowing each other for a long time, right? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> we have. That's exactly right. And um, yeah, it's, it's super cool to how things change over time and everybody grows and adapts and yeah. moves and small world all circles back. So I, Definitely. I love it. All right, Liz, all the things, you were like all over freaking social right now. I see you everywhere. I see you doing all sorts of cool stuff. You have amazing businesses and clients you work for. Um, you've helped us like doing things with us and our, our new baby and family and just creating some memories on our side that will we love and will last forever. You are impacting so many people and helping so many businesses get stronger in so many ways. Fill us in on all the things. Yeah, well, first of all, I have to disagree with Patrick. I could never do what he does. He <laughs> has literally waited, I think, about two years to get his first project off the ground. I could never do that. I have to be juggling <laughs> yeah. a million things at once. I like to be busy. And honestly, my biggest challenge right now is that it's kind of a slow season for me. So I do photography, and then we have the the social media management business, which they're both intertwined. But it's a it's cold time of year. People aren't doing photo shoots. Um, so it's a slower time of year. So I've really been refining our processes. I mean, deep diving into processes, making sure that when it hits, because it's going to, we're ready to go. So um, that's been a really big challenge because it's just been, knock on wood, it's been slow. You are insane, by the way, because I feel like you're slow as everybody else is like fifth gear running wide open. You know, I've been that way since I was literally a little girl. I mean, my parents tell stories about how I just was, I probably had ADD, who knows, but like <laughs> jumping all yeah. over the place, running a million miles an hour. I do the same thing now just with my business. So yeah. I'm glad I have that energy. I may not always have it, but it's where I thrive. So. All right. So this is my biggest question. And this is like, or the personal consulting side comes in of being a podcast host. I get to ask all the questions I want to know and get all the advice. Uh, so share with the audience how many kids y'all have, names, ages, all the stuff. So we have three kids. Kate, um, who always loves a shout-out on podcasts. Yeah. She's so, going to freak out. Yeah. Hey, Kate. I love it. She's an awesome kid, um, eight years old, really smart. I've uh, got Emma. She's our firecracker, five years old. And then Graham, he's the caboose, um, three years old, little boy. So living the American dream, you know, got our girls and got our little boy. So oh, that's it's so awesome. Perfect. All right. Yes. So here's my question. I wanted y'all to share that because I have one. I have one seven-month-old little boy. He's new to our family, late-in-life baby for us, um, first baby. We are loving every minute of it. We got so lucky. He's such a dream baby. He's so easy, and he sleeps and he eats, and he does all the things. 
it is freaking hard. Like we're trying to figure out now we're in tax season and I'm like, what days can I work late? What days can I, when do you need me to take over? Like, when do I need to do dinner? Like we're trying to figure all this out. And I'm like, I feel like I've lost in a, in a good way because I get to spend time with him and the family and being together. But there's like 20 hours a week that I used to be able to work this kind of going. Y'all are both in the business side of juggling, running your own businesses and multiple businesses, and you have three. How in the world are y'all able to, what are the tricks, the tips? How have y'all been able to navigate and manage this and balance schedules and clients and businesses and all the things? Because I, I am, I, we're in the thick of it and it's, I don't know, it's tough. You are, and just from a mother's standpoint, I want to tell you this. The transition from zero to one was the hardest. Really? It was the hardest because you're going from com- complete freedom to all of a sudden you have this, okay, really, it's a full-time enough. commitment. So for, for my experience, at least, obviously it does get more difficult with each one you have, but it forced us to come up with routines and systems. And, I mean, every night it's the same thing, every night, same time. Yep. And Again, I think I thrive under more responsibilities. It's almost like we joke all the time. Yeah. The more kids we had, the more I took on at work. Or it was like, because I felt like I, it doesn't make sense, but like it forces me, it forced me into this process and this organized system. And so I was able to thrive and function better than I would, like right now. I have so much free time. I'm so uncomfortable. I do better when I have more things to do. So I honestly, it's really not bad. I, I love it. I really it's, do. Awesome. it's not chaos. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it is, but it's an organized chaos. And I think we, that's a good way of putting it. Well organized chaos. Yeah. It's, yeah. um, I think for us, both, both of us work from home, have an office in Athens, but a lot of it's pre-planning the week. Like, Hey, I need to go to South Carolina this week, or I got to go check on my project in Alabama. I'm going to be gone all Wednesday. We live by our yeah. shared calendar. Yeah. And okay. so, it's not on the so calendar. Yeah. Then, okay. So like, y'all are really yeah. like, yes. Very time blocked and calendar yes. reliant. That's awesome. That's yeah. what yes. we're learning is we have to share calendars. We have to like have yeah. a plan. You do, and I think you kind of get in what she was saying. A cadence, her routine. You know, routines are great with kids. I think they thrive on routines. Not every, you know, and people sure. people that give you parenting advice. It's like I try to stay away from it, but I find myself doing it anyway. <laughs> it's like one of those things. Because, but. I think you learn that every kid's different, especially with us having three. Like what works for our oldest doesn't work for our middle. And so you just have to figure out your kid. But I think we do a good job of, you know, if one of us is cooking, like one of us is unloading the dishwasher and kind of take care and split up household chores where it's not just one person doing everything and then having to take care of the kids. Um, I will say, you know, if you're working corporate America or corporate job, for me, I worked in Boston for two years. Mm-hmm. I tell people all the time I'm a recovering banker. Um, but when I was in Boston, we had our first up there, and she was a newborn, and I was trying to juggle. In banking, you work just crazy hours. Yeah. And so me being gone and feeling like I had to be there when I really didn't um, was challenging. So I would just say it's not really how much time you put in at work. It's kind of how productive you are. Sure. Um have a buddy of mine, Jamie Shira. Um, he told me one time, you see the the picture of somebody rolling a rock up a hill, and he gets almost to the top, and the rock rolls back down. Well, it's like, did he do anything that day if his rock ended up at the bottom of the hill? And so the older I get, the more I try to realize that it's not so many how many hours 
that I put in. I think Liz does it really probably better than anybody I've ever seen. If she's working for an hour, it's the most productive hour of any. You know, she's going to get I love it. everything yeah, done. All in, like it's not just committed. like, hey, I'm going to spend an hour on this, or I'm going to work 12 hours today. It's like you can work 12 hours and not accomplish anything. So you have to be very focused on, with kids especially, getting things done in the time that you have. Because when those kids come home and it's bedtime, and you're trying to get them down, or you're trying to get them up in the morning, it's just. Do you, Liz, I know for you, especially with, with a lot of balls you're juggling, do you just have to accept some level of like, hey, I just can't get to this or I'm okay dropping the ball here or I'm okay delays in communication? Or do you like still man? Because the part I struggle with the most is I can do my work, but now when it comes to like the communication piece and the work and the, and the giving the proper time and support to my team and employees, it's like I have to – I don't know that I can do the work, be a feel like I'm a present good dad, and return all the phone calls and emails and DMs, yeah. and be here for my staff and support and help and guide. And so that's the place where I'm like, mm. are, you, are you choosing somewhere to like let it slide or not really? I think society wants us to believe that we can balance work and life, and yeah. I don't think there ever is a perfect balance. I 100% and I agree think, with that. I'm not saying I let things fall through the cracks, but have you ever read the book Traction? Yes, I love Traction. So yes. he talks about putting the right people in the right seats. Mm-hmm. I might not be the right person for the communication aspect of like my team and my management of, you know, different tasks that we might have. So I've appointed somebody that handles that because that is what she's very good at. So that ball's not going to get dropped. Obviously we still make mistakes, you know, we're human, but Patrick was shaking his head. No, I really can't. She can't turn it off. I I can't (laughs) turn it off. Um, But I will say, you know, when we're with our kids, I try to be with our kids, you know, and, yeah. and like I said, we have that routine. We pick them up from school and then it's just, it's all, you know, kid time until seven o'clock. And then usually I start working again until 10 or 11. So I just try to time block and really focus all my time and attention on whatever I'm doing at that moment. Okay. So let's dive into that a little more because this is where I'm just, I'm blown away with how you both are able to do things and accomplish so much. Um, and again, that's, I'm involved in a lot of stuff. That's yeah, coming from say, me. You, like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. accomplish a lot too. You hire and have a better team than I have ever seen, faster than anybody I've ever seen. And the, the toughest time that we've had in the environment of building what you've built, are you throwing finances to the wind and hiring through through paying people what they want to make? Are you casting some vision that people are attracted to? Uh, how are you able to do it? And then the second part of that question is how fast do you delegate? Like you have new ideas and you, you take action. Like, are you like immediately like, go figure this out. I don't want to have anything to do with it. It's just my idea. Or do you build it out, then hand it off? How, and those are the things that behind the scenes, I'm so intrigued by how you two handle. So I'll start with delegating. Um, I always want to run through a new process or a system myself or even like a new client. I always want to be at the forefront of that. Then with our new process, I delegate. So I want to be involved. So you actually figure out the process. Yes. Yes, with my team. Um, But to answer your question about hiring, I think when I started on trend, I don't even want to use the word luck, but I think social media management probably at the forefront of that becoming a really big industry that I didn't even realize was an industry at the time. I just saw the need for it. Um, And I knew that there was a way to create a business that would help others, which I'm 
I love helping other business owners. So it was just like the perfect fit for me. But I went out on a limb. I sent a message to a girl that used to babysit for me who was in a sorority. I was like, do you have any girls that might want to do this? Because knowing that college students are all in on social media, she was like, let me send a message out on my listserv. So this is where I think luck kind of came in. Um, several of the girls I hired that day are still with me. This, this was almost two years ago. That's awesome. They've graduated college now. They've moved away, but they're still working for me almost full time. And I think they love the flexibility of it. It's, you know, contract work. So they're all 1099s. There's really no, um, they don't have to be in an office any, you know, certain hours a day. So it's really flexible. But again, I think I just got in at the right time. And because I got in with a certain sorority, I think a lot of those girls are probably a lot alike. So I'm just, I'm just getting girls with really good character and they're able to represent my brand how I want them to. And um, obviously, you know, I've had to weed out a few along the way, but it's really been, it's really been a lot of luck, I think. Do you do a lot of like accountability or like traction scorecards or like micromanagement or management at all? Or do you just kind of hire them and trust them? To... No, no, there's definitely. Okay. So yeah, we're doing, um, we try to do a monthly strategy call with each account manager. So they're calling me directly. I'm going over their accounts that they're managing and I'm telling them what I think they should be doing differently. You know, the strategies I would implement. So I'm very involved in each client we have. They're just kind of doing more of the busy work because there's no physical way I could do that. So back to delegating, like I have to delegate things that either I'm not great at or I, it's not where my time is best spent. Sure. So I, I don't need to be sitting there making graphics all day. <laughs> I can do it, but yeah. I need to be making the bigger decisions and making sure my team, because that's what we are, is running efficiently. So I like to go back to talking about sports. I love sports. I was always the, the captain of my team way back in the day, but <laughs> I think I thrive in that leadership role where I can basically tell people what to do, jump on them when they're not hustling, and set an example for how I want it to look. So there's so much crossover between sports and business. It's not even funny. Well, absolutely. But, I, I um, love all the analogies when you bring I mean, sports into business side. There's so much. but And Patrick, same for you. Like you, you and I worked together on a business you owned, and y'all were able to grow like tremendously fast. In we a, were. In a um, in a labor that required skill set and like where mistakes cost hundreds of thousands exactly. of dollars like how what was your experience there and how to hire and grow and kind yeah, of accomplish I, the same thing i think uh, i took an organizational behavior class at georgia and really the only thing i remembered out of that is they did a survey of over two hundred thousand employees and what they found is people stay at their company and leave their company for the exact same reason you know what that is I would love for it to be money because that's the language I speak, but I yeah. know it's not. It's something to do it was with their, management or something. It, it was their direct manager, Yeah, either company owner, their boss. People left their company or they stayed at their company based on whether or not they liked their, their boss. Makes sense. And I think Liz does a good, kind of going back to her business, she does a good job of painting the vision of what she wants the company to be and getting buy-in from her team. Money's important. And I, I think it's hard if, you know, you're paying somebody significantly less for the same job as somebody else. But we tried to really create a culture, and they've done a better job since I left, um, just with scale and everything else. But creating a vision of why somebody wants to stay at your company. Mm -hmm. um, they believe in what you're doing. They love the culture. Um, if they can make around the same amount of money, that's great. But what I found is – if you're doing something or hiring people for money, as soon as it comes up and they get a, 
a job offer for one or two, especially in what we were doing, one or two dollars an hour, they're going to leave. And it's just, it's very transactional. Yeah. So with her, you know, she is paying her girls well, but it's more about the buy-in and the ownership of the business that she's letting them have autonomy. She's letting them have, you know, she's not micromanaging them. She's giving them a path on how to be successful, a very clear path of what success looks like and lets them run down that path. And there's times where she has to correct people. I think in any business, if you want something done a certain way and you communicate that and it's not done that way, then you can step in and say, hey, listen, like this is kind of what we were talking about. This is kind of how I expect things done and it wasn't done that way. So let's change course a little bit. And maybe I need to do a better job of explaining that. But she does a she does a fantastic job of laying out whatever vision that is. You two seem so at peace with like business and life and like, yeah, we just course correct and help, you know, do you ever just get pissed or do you get like frustrated? <laughs> and, like I want to kill somebody or like jerk the wheel. Like you both seem so much more of peaceful business owners than I am. I, like, I, I don't, I don't ever yell at people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, um, I mean, and in project management, yeah, my God, so no, much goes wrong and people yeah, don't show does. up. It, and then, oh, yeah, way worse than that. Yeah, <laughs> way worse. You know, I, we were talking about time blocking. We were talking about, you know, culture and different things. I had a call with James Whitley, who uh-huh. started Landmark Properties. This was probably a year ago. And I was just like, listen, I'm having trouble finding contractors. And the, he, he blocks his time out in five-minute increments. Are you serious? Five minute increments on his calendar, and he's like See, very I feel, strict. I, I love that. Like I'm so yeah. calendar based. I love routine. Mm-hmm. I love like efficiency. But I feel like a dick yeah. if I'm only giving somebody five minutes. You got to think I'm it. Like, you better know what you want to know yeah. when you get on. Yeah, the I guess it it creates that like expectation. I love that. Yeah, mm-hmm. but five I have to struggle like within an hour. I'm like, all right, sorry, you got to get out of here. I got to go. Yeah. Like. I, but he five uh, minutes is super awesome. Yeah, he he blocks in five minutes, which is incredible. But he told me, he's like, you know, if you're going to be successful in development, you have to be persistent. Yep. And I always come back to that because there's times where I'm like, man, this is – and you mentioned like two years is a long time on a development. You know, you got money tied up in dirt. You got money in architectural plans. You, you're dealing with small-town politics. Well, we don't want you in this town. And it's like, <laughs> well, why not? I'm about to spend, you know, a decent amount of money building a new building in your Community. Create new jobs, so and tax it's like, revenue. Yeah, so it's, you know, you deal with, and, and I'll be honest, you know, I was a banker, then I started the construction company, which I sold, you know, sold out of that, and that's kind of how I got linked up with Brennan on the brokerage side. But yep. development is by far the toughest thing that I've ever done because I'm having to deal with so many different levers and stakeholders, and they don't work for me. I pay them, but they're third parties. Yep. And so making sure people are staying on schedule when I don't control their – and they got other jobs. So it's it's a it's a balancing act, and you really just have to be persistent on getting – moving that ball or that rock up the hill, right? And, um, yeah, I mean – I love – I just keep coming back to the five and minute. In, in five minutes, he said something that stuck with you for a, a year now. Yeah. That's awesome. So. I'm, I'm really like, yeah. really my wheels are really spinning on like, 
I don't offer a whole lot of options for time, and I, I have some ten minute phone call slots yeah. and stuff. But I think I want to try to like get more efficient when I do meet because I love interacting with people. I love meeting, but man, when you burn up an entire hour and, yeah. and you do it three times a day, day in day out, and, that, and that's kind of back to my question for you. What I what I struggle with when I was asking you about do you let stuff slide is if I'm in six or seven hours of meetings a day, which I am routinely, that leaves no time to do real work or right. real management or real communication of emails or all the things. And so I delegate, I have assistants. My team is amazing. My business partner's amazing. They, they're, they're awesome. At, but there's a lot of stuff that just still lands on my side that I'm not taking the time to share the knowledge or the background for other people to handle. And so and if I were to cut my meeting yeah. times in half, I would free up like three hours a day. Are you just doing consulting calls, or what are what are your calls usually about? Are they with clients? Or? So they're they're mostly with clients. It's mostly okay. uh, clients typically either like to come in or Zoom or phone call, and and sometimes it's getting ready to do a tax return to fill me in what's happened over the past year, or sometimes it's going over a tax return after, or it's just hey, I'm getting ready to buy a rental property or I'm getting yeah. ready to build this project in South Carolina. Let's go over it. What do I need to know or do? Or And so, and then sometimes it's just business stuff. People I like meeting yeah. with and talking to and learning from and sharing yeah. stuff. And so I love, 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 love the social aspect of what I do. And I never want to lose that, but I still have an amount of work I need to get done. And where I used to could do that, and accomplish so much from seven to 10 at night, or I could get up yeah. early from five to eight in the morning. I, I don't get enough sleep to do that anymore. I don't want to jeopardize yeah. family time for other stuff. And I don't want to sacrifice not working out and not. Mm-hmm. And so I'm now we're just trying to find that right balance. And I don't want balance. I, I, I realize balance is not like you said, there is no such thing as balance as an entrepreneur and growing business. Like I, I love working. I love what I do. I want to spend the amount of time it takes to continue to be the best at what I do. So I don't really want balance, but I do want to figure out a routine that works where I'm not over capacity. I will say this. Um, when I worked in Boston, I worked for a big bank up there. And uh-huh. People were like, man, you, you talk a lot. And I'm like, <laughs> and I kept telling, cause I talked to everybody on the elevator and, and in the South and we're a lot That's of like, amazing. In, we're a lot of like in that regard where it's like, yeah. and I just said, you know, you guys just don't appreciate the fine art of Southern small talk. <laughs> I would talk to people and be like, man, it's cold today, huh? And people would look at I you like you have three eyes in the elevator. <laughs> Why are so, you speaking to me? I don't yeah, know like, you. Don't and know so, you. and if, if you think about your consulting calls, like, I mean, when we got here today, we were talking to and it's great. Like i yeah. But how much time do you like, oh, like we did an office kids? tour. We yeah, talked about yeah. family. Yeah. We exactly. talked about some travel stuff, some dog um, stuff, which so, is awesome. I love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And, and I but think you're right. It, I yeah. think there's in business, one thing I've found that works well for me is I'll tell people like I'll level set at the beginning of a conversation if somebody's calling me. Like on on the way in, I was pulling in. I got a call from a mayor, a small town, talking about this project. And I just said, hey, mayor, you know, I'd love to talk to you, but I got – I'm walking into a meeting in five minutes. And so it kind of set the stage. Yeah. And, and, you know, if I'm busy in the middle of something, somebody will call me and say, hey, listen, like I've got five minutes to do this or, you know, I can give you five minutes. Not five minutes just because that's what James Whitley has on his calendar, but it might be 10 minutes or whatever. But if you level set that on the front end, 
you kind of get to what you need to talk about. Yeah. Well, you, you um, think about, I, I think, I love, you know, thinking about we all have the, essentially, I know everybody's life's different, but we all have the same 24 hours in a day. I'm struggling yeah. to manage a few million dollars of business, and Whitley's over there managing $2 billion it, exactly. of construction a year. Exactly. And, and hundreds of people or thousands of people inside their team all across the country. And I'm like, yeah. if he, he knows stuff, I don't know. He's figured right. stuff out I haven't figured out yet. So. I think what? he values his time. I think he's learned how to manage his time. He understands that time equals money. Yep. It's a direct correlation. If you can look at your time like that and say, okay, I'm only going to block two days a week. This is when people can calls with me. They can't just pick any day they want. I'm going to let them do it only three days in advance, no further out than that. Then it makes people that want to talk to you, they're going to book it right then and there. If Love they're not it. ready to talk to you and they're just kind of want to like shoot the breeze, then they're not going to they're not going to book a call the next day with you probably. So if you can set parameters, I think that would really help you. I like that. Yeah, and I I felt like until this podcast, I do a really good job of that. No. Now I'm like questioning everything. No, I mean I think I'm everybody like, has to like own. rethink this a little. No, because I don't go once I I'm. I love systems. I love efficiency. I love everything to do with like that piece of organization running a business, but I'm bad about setting something and not going back and evaluating or not looking at it from a 30,000 foot view. I'm like, that's, that's working. But in reality, it's not. I'm over here like, God, I'm trying to figure all this out. So re-looking at that is the key to freeing up more time. She, She does a much better job of it than I do. I'm, I'm like horribly ADD, and so I'll get a phone call, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like a lab chasing a tennis ball, you know, it's like whatever's in front of me at the time, but I'm trying to be better about that. So if you say like time management, I don't want to sound like, Hey, I've got this figured out because I don't, it's just something I'm trying to be better about. Um, Liz, while I'm thinking about it, maybe tell Chad about the hat deal that you use about, you know, like your personal hat and your business hat. I think that's something that's awesome. It's like a tool that she uses when she talks to people. Okay, so this yeah. is kind of off topic, though, because it's really when you're dealing with an issue. Let's it's say my it's ADD. an uncomfortable, this is his ADD yeah. popping in. Um, maybe it's an uncomfortable situation with an employee. One of my best friends told me this, and I love sharing it. She sits down with that person and she says, I'm putting on my hat right now. This is my friend hat. I love you. Like, you're, you're great. You're a great person. I love our friendship. I'm going to take that hat off, and now I'm putting on my business hat. Okay, all business. We've got to correct this mistake. We cannot move forward by doing X, Y, and Z. So it just separates the two. And oh, I've used great. it. I've used it so many that times. That way, it's not personal. Yeah, it's not. and it makes me more comfortable too when I have to correct somebody because I feel like you're playing a role. You're, exactly. Oh, that's so, so and smart. she's she's a she's a counselor, so she uses it all the time. This. But like it, it was like gold when she told me that. I was like, great, because I hate conflict. I'm very, very bad at. Correcting people. Like, almost now want, like, the physical hats that says, like, CEO, like, friend. Yeah, like, I like physically put it on. So that's a good good way to kind of address issues within your business. That's brilliant. Because I just don't have the the gift of just, like, whatever you said earlier was so good when you were like, hey, we need to correct this. And that's one thing Patrick's really good at is saying things in a non-confrontational way where you're not going to be, like, really offended by what he just said. But you're like, did he just offend me? But it's okay. He's (laughs) Um, that's a learned behavior. Um, I guess you get a little bit older and more mature and you have those conversations where maybe you blow up on somebody and then you feel bad about it later and you kind of learn how to address that stuff. I think guys and girls are so different. Like where is so hard. I mean, it's a team of girls with me, so it's, it is hard to like address 
issues when it when they do arise, which is rare, but they do. Yeah, that's a, guys think, can just. I think that's probably the hardest yeah. part of being a business owner, whether it's managing subcontractors or vendors, or whether it's managing teams and employees or people that work for you every day. Is it's hard to address stuff and and. There's so many things to do that almost gets put on. You don't want to do it, so it gets put on the back burner. And you don't address a lot of things, and then it gets worse. You get mm-hmm. frustrated. And so for any of our listeners out there that are really in those early stages of business, like trying to just knock those things out before the day ends is so important because yeah, it just lingers yeah. and gets worse, or you try to, like, shift it aside or sweep it under a rug. And so I I think that's really smart. Um, one thing for y'all, uh, y'all are in a lot of – different businesses, y'all make decisions fast on taking action in businesses. And how do you determine what is your motivation now for doing more things? Do you folk, cause I'm trying to learn this now as a more of a seasoned business owner and I'm a numbers guy. Everybody knows that I'm like money based. It's just my love language is what I do, but I'm trying to shift more from profit to impact or like doing things I love, necessarily things that'll make me the money or the most money. Um, do y'all make business decisions of what to get into or what to do or what to add to your plate through impact for money, for like something you love, or is it opportunity? How are y'all deciding as individually and as a family, like what to do right now and how to do it and with all the different irons in the fire? I think you get to a point in your life where money becomes less important and Unfortunately, I'm not there yet, but um, I do think that when I think about this, I think there's so many people out there that you can do business with, and there's so many paths on when you start a business. You don't know where you're going to go with it. You might have an idea, like, this is my business plan. This is what I'm going to do. You get into it, maybe nobody's going to buy your product or service. Like, I got into development with trying to uh, buy and sell government lease properties. Well, I, I couldn't buy the properties. There just weren't – nobody was selling them. I said, well, if I can't buy them, then I'm just going to build them. So I started building them. And I, I never would have thought I would have headed that direction. But I think with impact or money, when you look at things – and Liz probably feels differently about this, but I don't like doing business with people that I wouldn't you know, have a drink with or have dinner 100% with. 100% agree with and that. And so it's like... That's a hard if, lesson to learn. It I, is. I've messed that up enough to know I don't it want is. to go down that road anymore. If, uh, you know, if you're not going to be comfortable having dinner, then you really don't want to... Uh, you know, I had a conversation with an electrician in South Georgia yesterday, and it was it was very, like, difficult, just like... He's kind of a dry guy, like not... Couldn't get... A, he wasn't very talkative. And then I talked to another guy that was like joking about, yeah, I'm a pretty good electrician. I learned everything off YouTube. I was like, all right, well, I'm going to use this guy because he's, a, you know, he's got yeah. a much more personality. So I do think that's important. And um, I mean, what would you say, Liz? All of the things you mentioned are reasons why I feel like so I you look do at all I of do. them. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, uh, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I, yeah. I want to make good money. Yeah, I mean, it's a business. That's and, what. Yeah. And I think I have a different appreciation for that than most people. I mean, my background. I was a nurse for six Uh years. You know, that was what I thought I had to do. I thought I had to check the boxes, become a nurse, you know, work at a hospital. I was a caged animal. I had no training in business, no training in photography. 
I was miserable. And not that I didn't love being a nurse. I loved the people I worked with. I loved taking care of my patients. But I had a, I had a ceiling that I could never go above. It was somebody telling me when I had to be where, how much I had to make. That is not me. There are people that we need that think that way, and, I, and we need those people, but that's just not me. And so when I came to terms with that, now I have this new appreciation and excitement for this business, and I understand what the what the other outcome looks like. And so I really appreciate this. So yeah, I'm looking at, okay, I'm excited when I, when I close a deal, I get a new client because that helps pay our bills, but also not only the impact I'm making on our clients and making their lives easier, but the, the team that works for me. I literally love these girls. I mean, they are like little sisters. You me. do. You can tell. I, like, I mean, it comes I mean, through. We, like, we go it, on, you know, work trips. Y'all but celebrate it, each other and like prop oh, each other yeah. up more I mean, than I've just, ever seen. In, I, in I just, it's and maybe cool. it goes back to, like I said, the whole sports thing. I just love mentoring younger women. I love seeing them thrive. I love seeing them grow. And because not only does that help them, that makes, that makes our team better. Yeah. The better they are, the better we are. So. Um, I think it's just all of the above. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to pick. That's one, smart. I think that's and I think that's for me. I try to. I look at things in different like little sections or buckets. But you're like, hey, I look at all the buckets. Mm-hmm. I'll make and I think that's brilliant. Um, yeah. It's got to fit in all the places. It makes sense across the board. All right, Patrick, we're about to implement the first strategy of this like limited time scenario. So this is where we, by the way, we could do this for another three hours. This would be like a Rogan-style podcast. <laughs> like, I, I do not want to end this, but we are out of time. We're going to do this again because there's so many things we didn't even – I mean, there's thousands yeah. of things we didn't cover. I want to cover with you two and your experience and expertise and share with the audience. But for today, we get to end this with the Stronger Business Max Out moment. This is if you leave the audience with one tip, one takeaway – one piece of advice. It could be a book to read. It could be a quote. It could be something to go out and do this weekend. The challenge here to bring all this full circle is you each have one minute to share your max out moment. So you have to share this in one minute. So Liz, what's today's max out moment? I have for two you? things. Patrick is going to absolutely knock this out of the park. He's so good at this. But anyway, I don't <laughs> want to take up too much of this one Set minute. Set the bar high over there. Okay, I have two things. If the fear of failure is the only thing holding you back then you've literally already failed. It's no different than failing. That is something I just like, it's kind of like you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Same thing, just You don't take the shot, obviously you failed at hitting the target. Love Um, it. Gosh, I had one more that was so good. (laughs) All right. Go ahead, Patrick. I'll jump in. So when um, I was involved a lot of equity raises and startups, when I worked at the insurance company out of school, people would come in all the time. And this is an entrepreneurship podcast, right? I mean, yep. the, the, at its core, this is about entrepreneurship. So people would come in and they would say, you know, I've got this great product and great service and we're, you know, we're going to change the market on this and this and that. We've got a great team in place. You learn very quickly when you're starting a business that you don't have a business unless you have customers, if you don't have anybody that'll buy your product, you don't have then you you don't have a business. You have an idea, you have a concept, you have a hobby. But if you can't sell or make money with your business, you don't or with your idea or your team, your service. If you've never sold anything. You don't have, you a, don't business. have a business. And, and and I spoke with uh, school entrepreneurship students over at UGA, and I said, listen, not everybody's cut out to be an entrepreneur, and, and that's okay. You know. People who are entrepreneurs, you're kind of born that way. And it's like rebellious kids. You don't like being told what to do. 100%. Um, 100. I think 
from a entrepreneurship standpoint, they make bad employees because they don't like being told no. And I guess my lasting thought on this would be you can figure anything out. You can do whatever you want to do. You can make as much money as you want to make as long as you're willing to work through a situation. No is not always the final answer on things. It's like, okay, well, how are we going to figure this out? How are we going to push this project forward? What are the solutions? What does it take to make it happen? Most people stop at no because they're not willing to go the extra step and figure out how to go from point A to point B. They just said, well, I guess it's not going to work, you know? I love it. Two amazing max out. I think I need to redo mine. Let's do it. Okay, I do have one more, but it's not as good as his. Let's do it. Bring it. So we were talking right before we started about how it's so hard to, like, film yourself for social media. Yes. Okay, so this is what I do, social media. Nobody is losing sleep at night thinking about Chad Brown's video and how he might have, like, said something dumb on his video. Nobody. We care way more than anybody We care so much more about ourselves than what other people think. Nobody remembers what I wore yesterday. Like, nobody cares. So if you can just kind of remember that. That may be the most applicable Max Out moment we've ever yourself, had then, Yeah, then, the then start putting yourself out there on social media. Just do it. You're gonna it doesn't matter. Oh. It's going to be gone in 24 hours. Exactly. So get over yourself. People aren't going to think about your video nobody for the next five hours. Nobody cares about you as much yes. as you care about yourself. 100%. Amazing episode. This has been fantastic. It has delivered on so many levels. Where do people find you at? How do they connect? Instagram for me, um, Entren Creative Studio. Scoutbusiness.com. If you're looking to buy, sell, or raise uh, capital for your business, we can help with that. Love it. That is today's episode of the Stronger Business Podcast. You go out this weekend, everybody get stronger.